0: Good afternoon. Welcome to Impact Radio with your host Mark and Veronica Lugo here on your station KDRY AM eleven hundred.
1: Welcome back to Impact Radio. I'm your host Mark Lugo. And I'm here with my lovely wife Veronica Lugo, and so we're just excited to be with you, and you know, to be able to um, bring uh, you know, you know, government, business, and church together through the through Impact Radio of how all these different spheres are impacting their communities, environments, one way or another through the offices that they, that they um, reside in or the role that they play in the community. And so all of that comes together. We believe that uh, church, government, business, and church, if they work together, then we can impact our communities, we can impact our city. And if we're doing this across the nation and across the world, can you imagine the impact that that would have throughout the world as well? So, you know, there's there's uh, amazing people throughout the city that are, um, you know, just stepping into different roles, and each of those impact our communities. And one uh, such individual we have today is Hope Shelton from the, the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services, and, and in that, there's a division that she covers, is the... Uh, Child Protective Services, also known as uh, CPS, and she is the faith-based specialist for the South Central Texas region. So welcome to Impact Thank Radio you. Hope. Thank yes, you. Thank
2: you. Welcome.
1: Yeah, so we are excited just to, um, you know, to bring awareness to, you know, the reality of what's going on in the foster care mm-hmm. system is that, or with foster children, is that we're in a crisis, you know, not only in San Antonio, but it, we, and it's a crisis throughout our nation, and so, we, you know, we are excited to bring that awareness and to uh, play a piece, to play a role in bringing awareness because I believe that awareness is key to helping to find a, a solution or to even, um, you know, find uh, the necessary resources, the necessary help to help uh, these children ultimately. Right, uh, right. So uh, would you talk to us about... Uh, you know, your role with CPS, and uh, let, let's talk about what, what is the need? What's going on?
0: Oh, of course. So, you know, at CPS, my job, my position is to work in the faith community. Mm-hmm. So I do work for Child Protective Services, mm-hmm. and I go out into the community primarily in Bear County, but I have 27 other counties. Wow. Wow. And in those areas, our goal is to bridge the gap, uh, okay. to say, hey, we need help mm-hmm. from our faith community. Mm-hmm. Um, our kids and our families are hurting. Mm -hmm. And we can only do so much. We can only play a certain part of that puzzle. But there's other puzzle pieces that are still out there just floating around, and we're waiting for someone to help pick those up and kind of come to the table with us. And so this is a different initiative. You know, we have worked in the community for many years And we've tried to work in the faith community before as well, but CPS, you know, came at it from a perspective of, let me tell you what we need you to do, (laughs) Uh and let's see how that works out. Uh, And as you can imagine, it wasn't the best. (laughs) No one likes to be told what's due. Mm -hmm. But what we learned was that if we go to churches with the need, and if we tell them how we are willing to partner with them, Mm -hmm. that the church will step up and they will say, well, this is what we already do. How can that fit? with what you're asking right. for, or this is how we help kids, or this is how we're helping the community. Do you have families who need that? Mm-hmm. And so it changed the dynamic a little bit, and so okay. now there's more of a partnership mm-hmm. between myself and the faith community, okay. which is important. So yeah. we yes. never want to dictate. We never want to say, you know, this is the what you must do, because really, honestly, we always talked about fostering. Mm-hmm. Or adopting. And that's what we would always ask people to do. And while there is a need for that, and there are a great many people who are called to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: But the vast majority of us, we don't want to be foster parents yeah. or we don't want to adopt kids. Maybe that's just not our life at the moment or we have right. a house full of kids or we're tired or we mm-hmm. just, we're just not ready to do that yet mm-hmm. or right now. But there's still ways that we can help. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's really what the faith initiative is all about. It's not just about fostering and adopting. It's about helping the foster community right. through your talents, whatever mm-hmm. those talents might be. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's a, a big portion of what I do every yeah. day, mostly bring, in Bear County. You bring yeah. all that together. <laughs> right.
1: So that's a task. So yes. Do you have a staff? Do you help you, you? I have a you?
0: staff of one.
1: Uh-huh. Ah. It's just me. It's <laughs> just me.
0: And there are, across the state of Texas, there are uh, 12 of us, 14 oh, okay. of us, who cover the entire state. So I cover this portion of Texas, so that south-central part. Mm-hmm. And really, like I said, it's just a matter of getting the word out there because I think it's Who knew that there was a faith liaison for Child Protective Services? I mean, no one knows that. And I think churches would do more if they knew.
2: Mm -hmm. I -hmm. think a
0: big part of it is the awareness. They just don't know that there's a need. And Mm -hmm. churches are very involved in, you know, various activities and helping the community in different ways. And I just think this is just an area that they just don't know there's a need.
2: Right.
1: No, and what, so what is the need that is taking place right now with, with the, uh, with foster children? I mean, what, what are some stats that you have that you can share with us, you know, some of the latest stats and how we could, um, uh, just kind of get a picture mm-hmm. of right, what's needed, Right. Mm-hmm. you know?
0: Well, what I would say, so one of the things that we always talk about are the number of kids who go home mm-hmm. after okay. the case is over and also the number of kids who never go home. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I'll talk about December 2018, for example. So in in that month, we had 122 kids who we brought into foster care. Okay. So those kids were removed from their homes because of abuse and neglect. Mm -hmm. Now, even though we removed 122 kids... There were still other kids who we investigated, right? We thought, well, maybe there's abuse or neglect. Someone called the hotline. And when we went out there, there was no abuse and neglect. Oh. Okay. And so those cases okay. close out. Or there's other cases where the parents were able to work with us on a voluntary basis so the kids didn't have to be removed. Mm-hmm. So when you think of CPS, we often think of just the removals, right? The right. legal cases, the, mm-hmm. the tragedies, and that kind of thing. And that's a very small portion. The majority of the families that have an investigation they will either close out or they will go to voluntary services. The majority of those kids stay with their families. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about removals, we're talking about the small number of kids who it was unsafe to leave them in their homes. And so when December, that 122 kids that we had come into foster care have to go somewhere. They do mm-hmm. not go home with caseworkers. They do not you know, <laughs> just hang out right at work. They have to be in a foster placement. They have to be in a facility or some type of environment that can keep them safe.
2: Mm-hmm. And so of
0: course, that's the piece that people always think about, the foster and adopt piece. Well, we need more foster yeah. homes, and we do. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is that when we bring in those 122 kids, we don't have 122 new foster homes every month.
1: Mm. Which wow. means if
0: I bring in a kid from San Antonio, they may have to go to a different area. Okay. And so okay. the majority of our kids will stay in our region, okay. which is 27 counties, right? Mm-hmm. But they, in
1: re- Region 8. In we region are Region 8. eight. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they'll
0: stay in Region 8, 80% of the kids. okay. But there's a you know, about 40% of the kids who are not in their home regions. So they might be from Kamau County but they're not staying in Comal County. They might move to Bear County or Adesco. Oh, okay. So they'll stay kind uh, of local, okay. but not necessarily in the exact same area. So we want to make gotcha. sure that we have people locally who can keep, kids local. They can stay at the same school, the same Mm -hmm. little league team. They can, you know, make sure that they're uh, just involved in their communities, their church communities, their faith communities, that kind of thing. So we always do need local foster families. I want you to, you know, everyone Mm -hmm. to understand who's listening that that's always a need. Mm -hmm. But the Mm -hmm. other part of it, when we talk about stats is we want to talk about the kids who are able to go home. So when kids come into foster care, our goal is reunification. And Mm -hmm. all that means is going back home. Whoever you were removed from, the goal is for you to go back to that home as soon as it's safe for you to go back home. And so uh, when we talk about reunification in the month of December, we had uh, 35 kids.
1: Of the 122. 122.
0: Well, yes. The 122 kids were kind of new removals. Okay. And so their cases will take a little bit 12 months to 18 months before we're at the end of theirs. Got you. And the kids who went home in December, their cases have been ongoing for a while. I see. Okay. So those kids, you know, went home, just over 30 kids, 35 kids. That's a huge difference if you just think about the number coming in versus the number going back home. Mm -hmm. And there are other kids, of course, who were adopted. Um, by relatives, some who are adopted by just community members and then of course you've got the kids who unfortunately age out of foster care. And when I say age out, that means I'm 18, foster care is over so Uh to speak, and now I'm on my own. Mm -hmm. And we do have some options for kids now, they can stay a little bit longer and that type of thing. But the majority of our kids, if you can imagine, if you've been in foster care for a long time, you're ready to be done. Mm -hmm. So when they turn 18 they're kind of Ready to leave. Mm -hmm. And so when they leave foster care, they don't always have connections. They don't go home, they didn't get adopted, so they don't have a family. Mm -hmm. And could you imagine being 18 without a family with no one to call for advice or help or anything like that? And that's what some of our kids are facing. And so we want to make sure, like, for example, in the month of December, we had 24 kids who aged out of foster care. That means that, again, they're done. There's no connections, no family. Where will they be Thanksgiving or Christmas? Where do they mm. go for spring break? We can't say because they don't have a family, and that's usually well, where you go. So, so yes, yeah, so when we talk about stats, we've got a couple of different numbers to think about because you're talking about the number of kids who are coming into foster care, mm-hmm. but also the number of kids who are leaving. And okay. it's important that we realize as a community that the numbers don't equal mm-hmm. one another. So we always have more kids who are kind of coming into the system and staying in the system than those who were leaving. Wow. And so what we need to do is we mm-hmm. need to change that. We need to get our kids' families and communities mm-hmm. who are willing yeah. to wrap around them mm-hmm. to keep them safe and protected right. before they come into foster care, but also while they're in foster care and after foster care so that they have mm-hmm. someone that they can call on who's willing to love them through their mistakes and their hard times and mm-hmm. their great moments and, and yes. all of those things. Yes. So.
1: So, so when they're taken away from, you know, the process of them coming into to a home um, or getting taken away from parents for negle- abuse or neglect, and I I, I want to come back to that too on, on a, just different examples of abuse and neglect because I think some people um, limit that because there's there's different ways of abuse and neglect as we've learned through this process of research of of the foster care system, but um, the the, the process is uh, there's a situation that happens at home, CPS steps in, could be from whatever age, and they come into and y'all immediately look for a home for them. So do you have some kids that stay at the office or, you know, the, the facility and then as you're waiting to find homes for them?
0: So, uh, unfortunately, we do still have kids who we're not able to find placement for immediately. Okay. And so they may have to stay in the office with caseworkers we have that will come in and stay with the kids overnight and we kind of mm-hmm. have you know, a bed for them and a place for them, that is not ideal. Right. Right. And it has dropped a lot, so we are getting better at finding placements for our kids. And really, it's a matter of finding a home Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that's willing to house a youth with whatever their mistakes have been and with whatever their challenges might be. And so there are some instances where kids have had to stay in the office. Uh, Thankfully, now it is few and far between, but it does still happen every month.
1: Mm-hmm. Every month,
0: there is a situation where there's at wow. least a kiddo that needs to stay mm-hmm. in the office, perhaps just for a day, maybe only for half a day, but while we're securing places right. for them. Right.
1: And, and so when they, when you secure places for them, that's what what kind of process is that? Is that a thirty day, ninety day, or half a year? You know, what does that look well, like? Well,
0: so when we find, so <laughs> when we say, "Are you willing to be a foster parent?" What we are asking foster families to do mm-hmm. is to really look at their capacity, right? Like, what are you willing and able to handle? whether it's the sex of the youth, the age of the youth, the ethnicity of the youth, right, Uh, the religious needs of that youth. We want to make sure that when families say yes, that they are willing to take care of that kiddo. Mm -hmm. The problem that we have is that foster families sometimes say yes prematurely. Okay. And we have other foster families who are struggling with maybe just maintaining... The ability to keep kids in their home mm-hmm. because the reality is our kids aren't perfect mm-hmm. right and if you yeah. are interested in being a foster family please do not foster if you think your kids will be perfect <laughs> Yes. because <laughs> they will not be they will be challenging yeah. mm-hmm. and they will be loving and fun and wonderful and silly and funny and aggressive and irritating and frustrating right. and what I mean there'll be a bunch of things together right right that's what all kids are oh yeah uh, our biological yeah. kids are the same and so I think what happens is sometimes when foster families have a, a misperception that kids will come in perfect, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then when a kid exhibits a behavior or a challenge, they're not always willing to stick it out.
1: Well, Hope, I don't know what you're talking about because my kids are perfect. <laughs> right, <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. We all have perfect children, yeah. right? Yes. Really, I think we just see things through rose-colored lenses,
0: right? <laughs> but, you know, we just, we want families who can be patient exactly, with yeah. our kids and who can understand that, it really, it's through loving a kiddo in their challenges Really, that you show them God's love. Because if you stick it out and if you are there for them and if you show them that no matter what you do, I'm here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to be on your side. And I know for me personally, that's my personal story with foster care. And so, you know, growing up, my parents were foster parents. I went into the foster care system. And then when my niece went into foster care, I became her foster parent. Okay. And there were a lot of rumors out there, she was challenging and she was destructive and she had all these medications and she was going to just be a terror, right? Mm -hmm. But I thought, she's my niece, I love her, I'll just take on the challenge right? fine, (laughs) right? Right. And that's what we do as relatives and we have a lot of relative caregivers who take in kids even though it's challenging. Mm -hmm. The difference is that because she was a relative, I didn't give up. Mm. So when she got frustrating or when she said, you know what, I'm gonna harm myself and she had to go to the hospital, that's fine. When she got out, she came right back home. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the difference. When a kid knows that you're going to be there for them, Mm -hmm. you'll start to see some behavioral shifts. And so my niece went from, I don't know how many different medications, eight to 10 medications, and not doing great in school and going to the hospital every three months for self-harming behaviors, to straight A's, no medications, a psychiatric eval that said there were no issues. So I think the reality is that our kids are challenging. All kids are challenging. Mm-hmm. But when you love someone or when you get in this to love on kids, then what you're saying is that I'm willing to commit to helping them heal. Mm-hmm. And that's not always easy for you right, as the yeah. caregiver, yeah. but it is always necessary for the kids. Yes. And so I think that really what it boils down to when we have kids moving placements all the time or they have to stay in the office on occasion, I think the problem is really that we need to find the right placement mm-hmm. for them and so we mm-hmm. don't want caseworkers to say, well, this is the only option I have. Mm-hmm. We want there to be so many families out there yeah. that each kid has multiple options right yeah. that's yeah. what we want ideally for our kids
1: yeah and and so so there's needs for a home so there's there's uh, institutional settings there's home settings uh, you know what what is the need I mean, I mean, is there a magic number? I mean, I know it's the abuse of, of children, neglect is going up. Uh, you know, we see the stats every year they're going up, right? And, and uh, so there needs to be advocates for them right. and, and through CPS and through other agencies throughout the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is, what is that number of you know, beds we, do we need for our city? Uh,
0: okay, so, well, you know? let me say first nationally. If every faith community adopted or supported three youth in foster care, there wow. would be no youth without support. Wow, wow. It doesn't Incredible. take much. I think the thing is we always look at the, the problem and the crisis and we say it's too big. I can't do anything about it. There's nothing on earth I could possibly do mm-hmm. to affect that situation. Mm-hmm. And really what we have to do is bring it back home and just say I'm gonna help one kid in my community the kid next door or the kid who needs help with reading or the kid. I mean, that's all it is. It's one person Mm -hmm. helping Mm -hmm. one child. Mm -hmm. You're not going to fix the crisis. You're not going to fix the foster care problem. No single person is going to do that. Mm -hmm. But if everybody just did one thing Mm -hmm. to help this community, how much better would we be? And so, you know, there's not, I don't have a magic number for the number of beds, but what I will say is that if we could get more foster families verified Mm -hmm. which means licensed and ready to go, ready to take in kiddos, every month more than we had kids coming into foster care. Hmm. That would be the goal. Mm -hmm. We don't ever want kids to be waiting on families. We want families to be waiting on kids. Mm -hmm. And so our kids right now, it's the opposite. Our kids are waiting. They're waiting to be adopted. They're waiting to find families. They're waiting to be placed in a foster home. Right. And we don't want that. We want the foster families to be waiting instead mm-hmm. or the adoptive yeah. families to be waiting because we just have so few kids. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and so many, you know, loving homes. That's yeah. that's the re- that's the reverse that we would like to see.
2: Right. right. And if the, because I know you were mentioning that there's so many different ways that you can help. It's not just being a foster parent. Right. It's your gifts and your talents. Yes. So, is it possible as well that we need people to help these families get ready? So yes. say, okay, I'm not really, you know, really want to get involved with the children, whatever, um, but I can help with this, or I can help fire extinguishers. Because as we know, you can't just say, oh, I want a kid, and they just say, okay, here they are. Right. You know, there's a There's a there's process. A process. <laughs> correct? So is there ways that people could also help the families get ready for yes. these kids? And not just the kids, but help them as well. No, definitely.
0: I think that you said it and it was was key. Really, it's about using your talents. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is that you're good at, whatever Mm -hmm. your position might be or your talent might be or your hobby might be, Mm -hmm. what you think about is how could I use this to help this population
2: right we're not asking
0: you to do anything drastically new or create a new ministry at your faith you know worse house of worship or anything like that what we're saying is what do you do well uh-huh. and how can you use that gift or that talent to help our population so if someone says i don't want to foster i don't want to adopt for whatever reason uh-huh. but what i would like to do is help what could i do uh-huh. you're right you could help relatives relatives who have who take in kids sometimes their homes aren't appropriate Mm -hmm. or they need repairs or that kind of thing. But because they're relatives and they're living on fixed incomes, they don't have the money to make those repairs. Mm -hmm. So a company or an individual could donate their services. They could donate the supplies. Like one could do the supplies, one could do the labor, labor. Uh somebody else could come mow the lawn, right? So whatever their talent is, it's a matter of saying, we're willing to create in this house of worship, or we're willing to create at my company or me individually, a repair ministry. Right. And we're going to come out and we're going to help you, or we're going to you know, get you ready to get these kids. Or someone might say, you know what, this family's struggling, I would be willing to babysit once a month. Or I'd be willing oh, to make a meal yes. once a month. Or I'd mm-hmm. be, you know, it's that kind of stuff that really helps a family feel supported. Yes. So when it's not just me doing it on my own, but I have people I can call on who mm-hmm. are willing to help me. And my kids have people they can vent to, right? They, it's yeah. not just like <laughs> foster parent all the time. That's yeah. what helps everybody to do well. Right. And so right. I think that. Whatever it is that someone is interested in doing, okay. the beauty of having a faith-based liaison is that they can network with me to right. say, okay, what is it that you're looking for? Someone yeah. might say, for example, whenever we clean out, to do spring cleaning, you have a bunch of stuff you give to Goodwill, right? Right. Call me first. Yes. You have a bed, mm-hmm. you have a sofa set, you have a dining room set. There's always a family whose kids are coming back home and they wow. don't have a bed for them. Yeah. There's a oh. youth who's yeah. aging out of foster care, getting an apartment and they don't no have anything? a set of dishes, Nothing. right? So wow. there's always a way that we can take what you've got to use it to help these kids and these families. And so sky is the limit, really. I mean, the the majority of the time we can work with the ideas that people have. Mm -hmm. There's very few things that just don't work. And really the reality is that as long as someone has that heart for helping and they have the desire to help, they're going to find a way to make it work. Mm -hmm. And even kids get involved. I've had kids do Girl Scout projects to say, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we want to help. So so really, it's very open, and it's very flexible, and we really allow you to use your creativity Mm -hmm. because we want it to be something that you're invested in doing. And if I allow you to be creative, then we can make this work.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And, guys, for those of you just tuning in, uh, we are um, interviewing today Hope Shelton. She's the faith-based specialist for the South Central Texas region and uh, she is she works directly with cps through the uh, texas department of family and protective services and uh, she's just mentioning now uh, the different ways that you can be able to participate these are just a few Uh, we don't have uh, enough time today on the show to to discuss there's like 10 different ways that you can help participate in in helping the the foster care families you know it's it's the community that we're looking to Mm -hmm. serve and ultimately, uh, helping the child in the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so if you say you want to get involved and you want to help, or you have extra resources that you can extend, uh, you know, we are uh, making ourselves available to be liaisons to connect, uh, connect you with hope. You can connect her directly. Uh, also, you can connect her. You know, you can connect with us. or so those of you who are partnered with us, and you can reach us at nine five six three nine eight. 4655 that's 398-4655, and or you can uh, send it to the ministry, it's Min. that's min, at gmail.com, and so just send us an email, or, uh, you know, give us a call and we can see how we can connect uh, the the two, you you know, your talent or your resources with the the need for the foster community. So there's a lot that we can all do, and it's like like Hope you said, it's like if we all did that one thing, right, we just right, you know that one we child. would we would be able to impact, mm-hmm. you know, whole you know, there's there's thousands of kids that, that need, need help. Mm-hmm. And uh, each month, you know, there's a new batch, right? There's a new batch of kids coming in, it's like, you know, they need help, you know, and so there's there's yes. a need.
0: And you know, the other thing I would say is that there are always national prayer days. Yeah. And so in April, for example, there is Blue Sunday. Blue yeah. Sunday is the last sunday in april and it's a national prayer day mm-hmm. and so people can go to bluesunday.org look it up they can register their faith community to say we're going to be praying mm-hmm. and they just kind of give you ideas and just ways to kind of engage that community and also in november there's stan sunday which is just another national prayer day for right. local orphans in foster care right and so of course everybody can go to orphansunday.org okay. to learn more information about Stand sunday okay. and so again that's in november the other date is in April. There are many prayer days, but any day of the year is a great day to pray Yes, that's right. for this population. So yes. I encourage everyone to start with prayer and not always ask if I should do something, but rather ask, what am I what? supposed to be doing mm-hmm. and how are you leading me to do that work? Yes. Um, and then we will be well on our way yes. to working this crisis out.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And like what you said, too, you know, let's not focus on the crisis. Let's do that one thing yeah. that we can contribute. Right? How can know? we help
2: be the solution? Exactly. Yeah. How can we help you? And there's so much power in prayer. So there's prayer points. There is different information, different things that, um, that they need specific prayers on. So you can also message us for that if you... Uh, want that to do in your prayer time. Say, how can I pray specifically what's going on? Hope did provide us with uh, some information on that. So we would be happy to share that with y'all as well.
0: And I can always come out. I mean, if someone wants me to come out to their faith community to help talk about how they can, you know, work on this solution or anything like that, I'm always available. And if they want to
2: get in contact with you, an organization, a church, a ministry, and they say, Hope, can you come out and give us more information? Tell us how... Tell us how they can get a hold of you. What's the, the best way?
0: The best way is by email, and that's shelton at dfps.state.tx.us. Very long. Yes. That's, that's very long and very official. <laughs> yes. Can you repeat that one more yes. time? Yes. It's hope.shelton, <laughs> S-H-E-L-T-O-N, at dfps.state.tx.us. Wonderful. That's a mouthful. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I uh, hope
1: that's all of our time for today. We just want to thank you again. Yes, thank uh, we're you honored so much. to have you and for you sharing this information. I believe it's gonna bring a lot of awareness out. Yeah, and, and being uh, the
2: voice for those that don't have one. Yeah. You
1: know? Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's and it's it's such a worthy cause, you know, to advocate for the next generation. And we're talking about the future of, of the our, our nation, the future of our city, and we wanna mm-hmm. impact our children today. For the hope thank of Thank you so much for
0: having me. Yes, thank you yeah. I for coming it. out. This
1: is a lot of fun. Yes. yes. You got to do it again. <laughs> so, thank you for tuning in. That's all of our time today. So, we'll see you guys here, there, or in the air.
2: This city is my city, and I love it. Yeah, I love it.
0: We want to thank you for tuning in to Impact Radio, a program in partnership with Mark Lugal Ministries a ministry that's focused on raising strong families. Follow us on Facebook at Mark Lugal Ministries, on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Mark Lugal Min, or visit us online at www.marklugalministries.org to learn about upcoming events and how to be a financial partner. Our text-to-give code is 210-987-9333. Until next week... Let's continue to build strong families, communities, and cities through Jesus Christ.